broadcasting from the PilatesPodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining me with Beyond the Movement, the Pilates Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. Today marks our 12th episode as we continue our mind-body series in the depth of how, as Pilates practitioners, we can guide people through their journey. I am recruiting a good friend of mine, Van Wetzig, who is a body worker slash massage therapist. I want to explain why I'm expanding the, the base of practitioners to interview to um, discuss certain parts of what we experience through the Pilates method. So going beyond the movement is going to be showing us how all of the body work, all the mind-body work, all of the breath work, all these things have certain parallels in them that all come back to why utilizing the Pilates method is so powerful. One of the parallels that we see is focusing on self. So focusing on self, and that's just bringing our awareness back to ourselves. There are so many distractions in our world that have been created that can bring us away from who we truly are. So the parallel in in body work, whether it be massage therapy, craniosacral work, Reiki, breath work, all these different things, the mind-body works as far as like yoga, tai chi, all these things quiet our minds and bring us back to ourselves. And the power of that is that once we become aware of ourselves, then we are able to make some powerful decisions based on what we feel like when we come back to ourselves versus what we feel like when we are under a, a stress a stressful state at all times. And maybe we didn't realize as people how stressed we were until we come back to a place of, of being more harmonious and more natural. And the power and intelligence of our own being, of healing ourselves and, and being joyous is, is huge. But we need these people in our lives to help us remind that. So as a Pilates practitioner, we have a pretty big feat out there to, um, to bring people to themselves. And when they come to themselves, they may need some more help as far as, you know, coming back to themselves. So you can recruit other people in, in, um, in your um, holistic world as far as massage therapists, again, craniosacral work, chiropractors, um, you know, all these different things that, you know, we can develop a little network of, of places that we can uh, refer people to so that they can um, come closer to where they should be feeling naturally every day. In today's episode, I talk with Van Wetzig, who um, is going to be discussing with me just more again of that awareness of self. So through um, touch is from what he does is 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 kind of stimulating the the body to a place that you know can release tension, and we talk a little bit about how when we find that place of release tension, it can almost feel just a little bit uncomfortable because that's not our natural place to be. But then we're we're again faced with these choices to make: Do I want to be in this place that does feel better, or do I want to continue to be on this path that is somewhat destructive? So let's join in with our conversation with Van Wetzig. 
today's show, we're going to be talking with Van Wetzik, a personal friend of mine, who's also a massage therapist and body worker. Thank you, Van, for joining the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great. So, Van, tell me a little bit about yourself as far as what um, your past, as far as what brought you to massage therapy and body work, and just your experience so far with it. Okay. Well, I graduated from college in 1982 with a degree in physical education and recreation. And the part of that program that that interested me most uh, was uh, the teaching aspect, obviously, but also the anatomy and physiology part of it was really intriguing to me at the time. And so over the years, I, I studied uh, anatomy and physiology and continued to stay uh, focused on that. And and uh, was working in Fort Collins at the at the local newspaper, and and that was not the path that I was uh, happy with. And so I thought about uh, ways that I could use my anatomy and physiology interest, and also uh, ways that I could help people. And uh, massage therapy just seemed to be a logical step. So in '94. I uh, quit the newspaper and, and went to massage school in Fort Collins and have been giving massage ever since. And uh, just really satisfying a need for me to, to help people and, and work with anatomy and physiology. It's been great ever since. Great. And right now you're also starting to study some cranial sacral work. That's correct. I recently took a, the cranial sacral uh, level one course and that's something that is also very interesting to me, given the 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 application of cranial sacral therapy as opposed to what I've been doing uh, for the past ten years as a massage therapist. I I felt that the the cranial sacral therapy would offer a, a another modality for me to be able to help uh, with with clients' needs in a in a different form that I've been doing for ten years. It's it's been very fascinating for me so far, and I'm having a great time. Great. Uh, doing it, yeah. Um, so the reason why I asked you to be on the show is to answer some questions for me and for other Pilates instructors out there as far as the relationship to, um, you know, body work and, and, of course, movement in regards to emotions and uh, maybe the, you know, the reason why sometimes, you know, just by becoming more aware of yourself that you can then start to... Um, you know, feel some emotions that maybe you have been um, not aware of. And I was right. wondering, as far as in your um, profession, kind of what your views are and maybe if you have any um, research that you can add with that as far as why. What is the connection between, you know, the, the physical body and the emotional body and why does body work and movement open that up? Well... First of all, you know, stimuli affects the body on many levels, mostly on physical, emotional, and, and nutritional levels. What I seek to do as a massage therapist is to uh, is to uh, recognize and accept that the body uh, the body's homeostasis has been altered, and then try to, on a physical level, um, help the client uh, realize a, a more balanced homeostasis. And in that process. Uh, I think the emotional level uh, becomes involved because we all embody uh, learned behavior. Uh, you know, learned behavior becomes unconscious behavior, and we all have protective behaviors. So as a, as a massage therapist, 
another goal that I have with respects to helping clients is to uh, help them recognize, uh, you know, habits that they've embodied, uh, and, and just on a uh, on an everyday level, and then helping them realize, you know, are those habits necessary or not necessary, and then by then helping them, you know, realize the emotional ramifications of those particular habits that they are embodying, and then and then they, you know they can choose to. Uh, continue embodying that or not. So, th- from my standpoint, on a, on a, uh, with soft tissue manipulation, um, just helping the client recognize uh, those habits and the emotional ramifications therein can can be very beneficial. Exactly, and I think so many of us out there don't realize, um, you know, the natural state of homeostasis is actually a good place to be, but most of us out there are in such a constant state of stress that when we do come to this place of homeostasis and natural well-being, sometimes it's not as as comfortable as, as we maybe thought it could be. And I think that what I've seen with my clients and, and also personally with myself is that when you do reach that place of natural well-being and homeostasis, you also reach a point of asking yourself some really important questions on where do you really want to be? And that's kind of what you said as far as, you know, you give them the choice to, to, you know, to decide, you know, is this place that I want to be, even though it feels good, but a little bit uncomfortable because, again, it raises questions of what brought me to this place of where I was and to where I am now. And then they can make that conscious decision of do I want to continue to feel more of this natural well-being, or do I want to continue with the path that I'm already on? Exactly. You know, for, uh, homeostasis is really just a survival technique, mm-hmm. really. And so um, as a therapist, and as you know, as a Pilates instructor, um, just making people aware of, um, you know, what their body is inhabiting um, is very helpful. And then, and then everything comes down to choice. It's, you know, it may not be the right choice in that particular moment, but if they have the information, uh, and again, so much of what we do, and I, and we and I have talked about this, so much of what we do is, is, is educating the clients and letting them know what we are noticing and then giving them another perspective of uh, issues they may not even be addressing. So, you know, again, everything comes back to choice, allowing the client to make the choice in the moment. Is this something that is going to be helpful or do I need to hang on to this for just a minute? And, and then as the therapist, allowing that, if that is the client's wish, then, um, then that's, that's okay too. Exactly. Does that make sense? It does. No, and it's, yeah. it's kind of my um, motto in the studio as far as, you know, Pilates can go very deep into the body in many different ways. And everybody who walks in, I let them understand that their place of allowing is okay, you know, but that also, you know, understand that, you know, they will be challenged in decision-making on, you know, on their journey through the Pilates method. Exactly. And, and you know, I think that, that something that we do that is very valuable is uh, the stimulation that we provide. I mean, so much of what goes on today is, uh, you know, people get into a comfort zone and they don't challenge themselves and they, and they don't get that extra stimulation that they need to make those decisions. I mean, oftentimes, 
um, y- you know, you can create uh, new receptor sites uh, just by stimulating those areas. And mm-hmm. so I think that, that clients derive great benefit from just, uh, you know, the ability of a skilled therapist to provide stimulation, which is, to my mind, exactly what a Pilates instructor does, is just um, uh, provide stimulation and, and information. And so, as a as a as a massage therapist, uh, my goal is this is pretty much the same: is to provide information and 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 cr- and create uh, awareness uh, so that the client can take. Uh, take that and and do with it what they wish. Exactly. Well, the second question I had um, is in regards to um, emotional trauma. And some of the readings that I've done is um, especially from Donald Van Houten. And I'll just read Uh a, um, a quote from him that I found as far as in regards to emotional trauma. And it says, in the formation of a life impression, the membranes are the clay upon which the information is etched. And that was um, in context to, um, you know, the tissues of the body holding an impression of your life. And whether that be, you know, good or even all, you know, all ranges of emotions, you know, ranging from, of course, happiness to sadness to fear and things like that. And I didn't know, um, you know, I figured as a massage therapist and body worker that you would have more of a knowledge base that you could share with us as Pilates instructors in regards to that. Well, again, um the response to stimuli comes in many forms, and so I get back to that idea of embodying unconscious behavior mm-hmm. and uh, trauma that has left uh, durable marks, if you will, in the tissues of the body. As you start to access those tissues and start to unravel uh, those tr- those traumas, uh, emotional um, uh, emotional ramifications can can come forward, and and this has happened many times on the massage table where um, a trauma event has has occurred with a client many years in the past, and uh, you know, unbeknownst to them, they have been inhabiting or they have been embodying that that trauma for many years without the knowledge of that. And then, as you start to access those areas. Uh, the emotion uh, starts to uh, unravel, and, and then there's there's a an ability to to um, recognize it and to deal with it uh, efficiently, and and so that's uh, you know one of the main things that that I try to do uh, when I have a client on the table is to not only talk to them about physical manifestations of of the pain, but also the emotional the emotional part of it Mm -hmm. you know where uh, you know a person is protecting uh, maybe because of an emotional trauma that has happened in the past okay and and so that's that's another uh, function of 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 a therapist as well I believe and then a lot of times those emotional releases the person who's having them doesn't necessarily know what it stems from it just feels kind of good to to have Correct. it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times they have no clue uh, as to, you know, why that particular muscle is hurting or why they, you know, why they can't uh, uh, reach behind their, their head and scratch their neck or whatever, right. you know, whatever the case is. Um, oftentimes they have no uh, uh, conscious awareness of that until you start, 
talk to, talking to them about you know what's going on and and what they may be uh, um, embodying there. The other side of the of of what we're talking about is that you know even somebody who hasn't had any um, emotional trauma in their lives, they can still have those emotional releases, and they can be a range of you know, going from all the range of emotions from joy to happy, you know, to anger, to sadness, to depression and things like that. And sometimes I think, you know, in our everyday world with all the distractions that we have uh, with work and, you know, with other people and things like that, that not being able to look inside ourselves, when we do look inside ourselves, it can create a little bit of confusion on what we're seeing. And that can, you know, the emotion that can come from that can go from a wide range of emotions. Has that been your experience as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I've been saying this for years that people in our professions are important because we are able to talk with people on that, on that level. We are able to, to talk to a person who has no significant emotional or, you know, hasn't experienced any significant emotional trauma, but, you know, they have to, they have to commute to work an hour and a half every day, right. which creates its own stress and trauma. And again, I reiterate once again that we all have protective behaviors, and we all embody those behaviors uh, in, in ways that are sometimes uh, can create unhealthy um, habits. And so as a therapist, uh, being able to talk to people about that and, and helping them understand and discover uh, that 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 can be creating some stress in their life and uh, creating an unhealthy habit that they are embodying, uh, you know, being able to talk to them about that is very, very helpful. And and quite frankly, I, I get a lot more of that sort of uh, interaction with clients uh, rather than the, the deep emotional trauma that, that gets worked through. And, I, and I've worked through some of that as well. But by and large, I think that most people come into the office with, those uh, those little everyday traumas of you know dealing with the boss, dealing with everything that's out there. The, you know, there's so much stimuli bombarding us on a daily basis that it's it's oftentimes it's hard to cut through it. Absolutely. And so, you know, as as a therapist, uh, one of my uh, specific jobs is to help people get through that stuff, and it's in in is quite frankly one of the big reasons that I've that I've stayed in this in this profession because it's, as I started in this profession uh, I I wasn't real keen on on that sort of uh, dynamic and and as I've been going and, and giving massage for 10 years now uh, that's a major factor why I'm still um, giving giving massage and helping people through those every day um, crazy events that happen in people's lives. And what brought you to, um, just for my own curiosity, what brought you to craniosacral work as far as to add, and how does that differ, you know, um, from the massage as far as in what we've been talking about? Well, I uh, have experienced some back issues over the years, uh, both physically and emotionally. And um, I have a physical therapist friend of mine who, uh, about 10 years ago, when I was going through an episode, uh, did some craniosacral work with me, and it was very profound work. And from that moment, uh, I uh, had an interest in craniosacral work, 
and wanted to learn more about it and, and study more about it. And uh, it's very fascinating work in that it is uh, the, the type of pressure that is used is is a very light pressure, and you are dealing with um, the cranial sacral system, which is a, which is a, is a defined system uh, that basically is comprised of the dural tube that surrounds the the spinal cord and and the brain tissue, the meningia, the dura mater, the pia mater, and so forth. And as a cranial sacral therapist, um, there's also the thought that that uh, everyday life can leave can leave uh, trauma in the body, and so as a cranial sacral therapist, uh, what I seek to do is to to allow the body to relieve those restrictions itself, just by simple uh, manipulations of of the the cranium and the sacrum. It's it's fascinating work. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Van. I really appreciate you um, joining me on today's show. And um, let me get some contact information from you for our listeners if they'd like to contact you. How would you like for them oh. to contact you? Well, right now my my computer's a little bit on the fritz. So if you have any questions, you can you can call me on my on my uh, business phone, which is nine seven zero two three one one two one four. Okay, and, is, and that's probably the best way to get a hold of me right now. Okay, and as well, the listeners out there, you can always email me, Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepilatespodcast.com, and I can relay those questions um, over to Van Wetzig. So again, thank you, Van, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Heidi. It was great fun. Great. So after listening to our conversation with Van Wetzig, I want you to understand and realize that as Pilates practitioners, we're still in a very powerful place to be as far as to help people wake up and understand themselves and to then make decisions just as body workers do. But what I wanted to bring to this is that also Joseph Pilates recognized this already way ahead of his time. He already saw that we needed something that... Um, was going to bring us back to ourselves. And you can read Return to Life through Contrology, which I have on my website. And in that book, you'll see that, that he was a visionary, that he already understood the need for this. And even more so nowadays do we need this. So as Pilates practitioners, it's important for us to to embrace the the wonderfulness of what we're doing for people out there with our mind-body work. And of course we're also bringing people back to their natural state. Again, return to life. Don't forget to check out some other episodes. If, you have, if you're just joining us now, we do have our episodes archived and you can bounce around to different areas. We are in a mind-body series right now. Um, next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the history of Joseph Pilates and, and just more about him already noticing our need for what we need even more so nowadays. If you'd like some more information, you can contact me at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepilatespodcast.com, or check out the forum. I'd love to hear some more conversations out there in regards to what we're all noticing as Pilates practitioners. And again, this is a show going beyond the movement, and in that can even explore um, even further, but always coming back to the Pilates method and, and how how we are changing ourselves and changing lives. 
We'll talk with you next time, and I'm your host, Heidi Miller.